I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand, sustainable, resale, consignment, vintage, pre-loved. This is a podcast about what it means to be buying things used in the times we live in, what it means for our economy, our wallet, our planet. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my producer and bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. You sure are, Mayor. Happy to be here. What's going on in our nation's capital? I am at home in quarantine, as we all are, if you can be. Stay home, stay safe. I just got a mask from a maker on Poshmark. It has cherries and gingham on it, and so that made me happy, a sliver of happiness in a in a really shitty time. And, you know, we always start these episodes with what we're treating ourselves to. A cute face mask is one of them. You know, I discussed on our previous uh, Secondhand in the Time of Corona episode about like what that looks like and how we feel about it and frankly how this new category of self-expression I think will begin to sprout up but um, I would say my treat this week is something that is not sponsored though please sponsor us Um, it's called Manny Me have you heard of Manny Me? I've heard of it through you but let's explain to everybody what it is so you know we're all just like trying to not feel or look like ogres in quarantine between like the eyelashes and the eyebrows and your roots growing in and definitely not being able to do a manicure yourself unless you're a wizard or a manicurist um so for me i love having my nails done it stops me from like anxiously ripping my hands to shreds so i guess i was served an instagram ad for this i honestly don't even know how i heard about it frankly and it's called manny me and they are printed gels like they're not that you stick onto your nails and what you do is you send them pictures of your nails from like a million different angles so they fit you and they're cute they're not cheap um stop giving them any more airtime but they make me feel nice so i mean unless you had like a penny or some other something photographed next to your finger the width of your nail bed would be tough just depending on what camera you're using. Okay, so they do account for that. So basically what they do is you photograph your hands at a bunch of different angles against 
like a credit card or a gift oh, card. Okay. It sounds like Got it could it. be a scam to like get your credit card number, which it's not. Um, but I used like an old expired Petco gift card that I like had in my you know drawer of my uh, desk, which is full of like random shit. And you you do it against something that has a standard size. Got it. So. What are you treating yourself to, though? Well, I, it should be Manny me because I'm in a real situation with my nails. I don't have strong nails in general. I have to do gels, partly because I kind of pick at my nails, and so gels last a good, you know, two to three weeks. If so I'm, do I. If, I yeah. if I'm being kind, but um, I'm making a, I'm doing sourdough starter because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a bread baker now. Oh yes, everybody, everybody and their bread. Yeah, everybody and their bread. We talked last week about these orange jeans that I bought. Still haven't worn them because I like them and I think they're kind of cool and they're gonna like be part of a snappy outfit when someone will see me eventually. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I did buy some slippers. I am a slipper fan. It's funny, Meredith and and uh, some other friends and I were all talking about. Just the way that people are most comfortable when they're at home. Not necessarily when we're all stuck at home right now, but just what do you wear at home? Me, unless I'm dying. I mean, if it's like the dead of summer and for some reason there's no AC that I have access to, you know, I might wear like tank top shorts, bare feet kind of thing. But in general at home, I like to wear slippers. I like to wear long sweats. I don't necessarily need to wear a sweatshirt, but like I like fabric on me. Unless I'm in, you know, unless I'm, I've, I've gone to sleep or something, then it's oh, a little yeah. bit different, you know, because I'm under stuff. But I just don't, especially like on the couch, because you got the fabric and sometimes with bare legs, I'm not crazy about that whole thing. I just like layers. So anyway, need a pair of slippers. Don't have slippers. I have, I have hardwood floor and it's cold, even kind of on warm days. It's just, I don't know. I don't like walking around in bare feet in my house, but I don't like walking around in shoes either because that's dirty. So I got some, what are they called? Minnetonka. Uh, oh, slippers, yeah. which are like super cute, very moccasiny, and it was from one of these sellers who's like various sizes. And you think, why do they have so many? Like, what truck did these fall off of? Like, I, I just, well, they I could loved- have be, you know, be a shoe store, have access to someone who sells shoes, be totally. a wholesale account. Like, I look for that sometimes too, because especially now when stores are closed, I mean, I think it's a great alternative. But yeah, they're going to have a whole runs of sizes. Like, um, but I do wonder that sometimes too. Uh, like, where are you getting all these from? Exactly. And, like, it doesn't always have to be like, ooh, and you did something underhandedly. It's just sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't just your personal closet. There's something else going on here. Doesn't mean you aren't legit. And actually, the price was right. They were they were clearly they're trying to move some merch. Um, and it's funny. It's I mean, it's slippers, at least as far as I'm going to be using them, they will be indoors only. But it does it does kind of go with your point from last week's episode uh, about a lot of the trends that you're seeing because of the pandemic and shoes being, you know, a, a category that has fallen a lot in price because people just don't need them right now. Oh, yeah. I got a pair of um, amazing Prenza schooler boots that like are still on sale or sold out everywhere. And I got them for like 80 bucks from some girl they're a little bit too small I'm just evil stepsistering my feet and ignoring it and wearing thin socks because I really don't want to sell them I know they would sell immediately if I sent them to the real real or whatever but yeah I mean nobody's going outside I do put on a full outfit and put on shoes every day and sometimes I've said before that I'm a disgusting person I do sometimes wear shoes in my house if I'm like sitting at my desk or I'm walking in not when I'm sitting on the couch but like sometimes it helps me feel like a person yeah um but slippers, I have an old, old pair of Ugg slippers that like 
were my take out the dog shoes. And so I, I like the treat for your feet. Today, we are doing a deep dive into a designer as we are wont to do. We've done Chanel, Hermes, Saint Laurent. We're doing one that has been requested a bunch, which is Balenciaga. So we are talking all things Balenciaga today. Sarah, what do you think of when you think of Balenciaga? I'm actually really glad that we're doing this because of all of the deep dives we've done on previous designers. Balenciaga, I know the least about. I don't really know anything about it except that it's an Italian brand and I'm actually just guessing because of the name. So I'm ready. Hit me. Yeah. So... Okay, all things Balenciaga, it's actually a brand I know less about too, though I'm a big fan. I'm trying to think of, I have what I'll get into, these insane, what they call the triple S, Claude Hopper sneakers, which are stupid and the streetwear thing. And then I had the most beautiful Balenciaga dress that was probably from, I actually bought it new, but from a boutique that I people I'm friends with. So I got a hot deal, obviously. And it was like this cape dress, but you couldn't lift your arms in it. So I ended up having to sell it. Uh, so that didn't, didn't work out that well for me. But let's talk a little bit about the history of Balenciaga because I always end up learning so much from these deep dives. And if you go back, we have a whole archive from, you know, April 2019. We've been doing this for a year, Sarah. Happy year to us. Oh, happy year to us. We've covered a lot of ground. So in one sense, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. How did we even fit that into a year? But it has gone by so fast. I know. I know. So, well, congrats. Congrats. Here's to another year and many more. Exactly. So, Balenciaga, uh, you're actually wrong. It's not Italian, it's Spanish. Oh, Um, see, see, this is is how much I don't know. Which is very different from a lot of the fashion houses that we have discussed. For the most part, they are French. And Balenciaga has been around longer, I think, than any of the brands we've talked about like the legacy legacy brands like they're all early well they're all early to like mid-ish 20th century but Balenciaga started in 1917 which I believe is earlier than any other brand we've discussed um and it was it started in Spain by Cristobal Balenciaga um and as many of these brands same thing happened with Chanel and Hermes Rich people wore them and then other people wanted to buy them. So they were worn by Spanish royals and they were first only available in Spain and then got really popular and opened in Paris shortly thereafter in 1937. So what's interesting is it's it's Spanish influence. You know, I don't know as much about like design as I would, you know, say, but I would say Balenciaga, when I think of Balenciaga, it's very bold. It's very structural, which I think is a little bit different from like French fashion house soft feminine silhouettes. So that's that's just my two cents. So as soon as Balenciaga opened in Paris, it became very, very popular. It's interesting. <laughs> says here, I'm reading from Wikipedia, that customers risked their safety to travel to Europe during World War II to see Balenciaga's clothing, which is very much a stretch. That's quite a thing to do. But this is what I'm talking about with structure. During this period, he, as in Cristobal Balenciaga, was noted for his, quote, square coat with sleeves cut in a single piece with the yoke and for his designs with black or black and brown lace over bright pink fabric. Hmm. Um, So that's fun. Yeah. So 
after World War II, which World War II plays such a huge part in all these fashion houses we're talking about, Balenciaga became even more popular. And the thing that's cool about Balenciaga, which is still true in a lot of their ready-to-wear and clothing and silhouettes, is that it's not as form-fitting as a lot of other designers and and brands um which is cool i like that they're like a lot of different elements and sculptural ones not as like you know hourglass woman shape type situation like i love wearing a bag dress you know like i love things that are less form-fitting personally so so i really like that i don't know i think it's cool it's funny when I look, I'm just looking at Balenciaga. I just typed it into Google and was like image search and it's all sneakers because of course this is just yes. kind of the modern stuff that everybody's searching for right now. So I realize I'm not going to get, you know, the, uh, the fashion line from 1917, but you do get a sense that what it is now comes from being different from many, many decades ago. Yes. And it was always different. It's always sculptural. I really like their so I'll get into the sneakers and like what's really hot right now. A lot of people have been asking me to do it because, and I had said this, that I had said Balenciaga was next because I'm a fashion genius. No, just because I watch this shit obsessively. But post Gucci and the maximalism and all the stuff all over it, all the embroidery, all of the sequins, like that maximalism, I think people really wanted more interesting silhouettes and simpler stuff, which is what Balenciaga is delivering right now and because has kind of always delivered. They they aren't as like print heavy maximalist uh, type situations. It's a little bit more like sculptural and edgy, which is cool. So Balenciaga, a lot of really amazing people worked for Balenciaga. Uh, among them, Oscar de la Renta, Emmanuel Ungari, Givenchy, which we haven't covered yet. All of them actually worked for him. So he influenced a lot of major, major, major fashion designers. Um, and that's really cool. So uh, Balenciaga got into a little, you know, scuffle with the press in the 50s because he refused to show his uh, line for, you know, his upcoming fashion line to editors way ahead of time. Like the fashion editors for magazines, you know, and this is true now, have to see things pretty far in advance. And we have fashion weeks and that's a whole other conversation. But so he refused to show them anything the you know, requisite four weeks in advance and only showed them one day in advance of the runway show. So that was like a huge to do. And yeah, but then then they made up and and, you know, obviously we're in a way different era now, but Balenciaga gets a lot of a lot of great great press. So Balenciaga himself closed the fashion house in 1968 and it wasn't opened again until 1986. So it's really interesting. It didn't really exist during the 70s at all. It's true. It's very not 70s vibe. It was bought in 1986. You know, there's some business stuff going on. But the big deal is Nicholas Gasquer, um, who became head designer in 1997. And he really helped shape it into the sort of edgy brand that it was up until he was there until 2012. So 15 years. Then comes in Alex Wang. Well, we should totally do a dive on Alex Wang, though he is certainly not as old of a brand. He's an interesting guy, though. Um, and he was the creative director. So then in 2015, Dimna Vasalia, who is kind of the king of streetwear, Vet Mall, which is this crazy out there, what started as sort of a 
joke fashion line, which we can talk about another time if when we're getting heavy into streetwear, just like crazy looking shit, just honestly, I think is just a troll, really started <laughs> at the helm in 2015. And that is a lot of the recent great stuff you're seeing and stuff that everyone is buying. And that's sort of the history. And he he did a lot for the brand and making it into like edgy, interesting silhouettes and streetwear. And yeah, so let's get into like buying it and what selling it and and all the things that make it great i first became aware of balenciaga's existence as a designer and as something i wanted uh i want to say when i was watching the simple life which was an iconic reality show starring socialites and heiresses and rich girls Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie as they put themselves in like quote unquote real America aka they lost their private jets and jewels and everything and it showed them like trying to be regular people in the world and it was a pretty iconic show and I remember around that era which was like so distinct so pre-recession these motorcycle bags and you you've seen it they still make them today they've been popular since 2005 Sarah do you know the bag I'm talking about I don't I but but I mean I know the era that you're talking about in fact Mara and I we clashed recently because we have different uh memories or different um levels of nostalgia when it comes to Lindsay Lohan, which is also sort of part of that Paris Mm -hmm. Hilton, Nicole Richie, It Girl vibe, Us Weekly magazine type thing. So I remember remember a lot of the fashion from that time, but I don't remember the motorcycle bags. Okay, so I saw this motorcycle bag, I want to say on Nicole Richie. They still make them today. People still want them. I think it's like one of the more successful contemporary bags, period. Like I can't think of something that has that kind of staying power. So I wanted one so badly and I remember I got a really nice fake one and I don't know where I got it from now that I'm thinking about it. I think I got it on the internet um, and I don't know where I found it. This was like in 2005 because I remember I brought it to freshman year of college and I started college in the fall of 2005 and I had this really, really good looking gold Balenciaga motorcycle bag that wasn't real but I didn't tell anyone. I was like, I'm cool, guys. <laughs> like, don't worry, I'm new here but I'm very cool. And I think I still had it up until like 10 minutes ago because obviously I'm not going to sell a fake thing. I just like gave it to someone but it might still be in my closet um so it's this iconic you know double handle front plate small pocket situation and throughout the early early to mid aughts like the kitson years the juicy sweatsuit years like everyone carried this bag this was like the shit the tits um, you know, with your juicy sweatsuit and your like Von Dutch hat, like that's oh, that's what you Dutch. would wear. Wow, that's what you would wear. But the thing is, they still make it. So I would say the most prolific secondhand item is the Balenciaga motorcycle bag. It's gone through many iterations, many forms, but it still continues to sell. Um, and they've sort of like streamlined some of the design elements or they change the colors per season, but it is still going strong. So I would say... If you're in the market for one, like there's still a great bag. The newer ones are obviously a lot more expensive. If you're willing to get a quote unquote vintage one or whatever from the aughts, which like might be funny and cool. Um, God, I just am thinking about the bag. And then I think I had another. Oh, God. And people in college. And this is a bring, this bag brings up so much nostalgia. The new ones are more expensive if you're buying secondhand. Balenciaga is really, really popular right now. I think, as I said, it runs directly counter to the intense maximalism of 
Gucci and people really liking more clean lines and simpler designs. And if you're selling a newer one, you can still get a bunch of money for it. And, you know, whether you're selling it yourself or you're mailing it to the real real or what have you. And then the older ones go for not a lot of money. And it's basically the same silhouette. It's almost the exact same bags. A listener is welcome to my gold one. If you want it, I'll just mail it to you. So those you can get for for less money and they don't they don't really get that much money anymore. So, you know, you can make the decision of if you want to sell it or if you want to just keep toting it around on your forearm like Nicole Richie. Like I I stand that very, very much. Well, as you were giving me some context, giving all of us some context just now, Mayor, I looked up motorcycle bag and now I Totally know what you're talking about, especially all the pastel colors that it's come in over the years, you know, like the baby blue motorcycle bag. Totally have seen Paris Hilton holding that, carting that around. You would put little dogs inside them. I think when I first heard motorcycle bag, I was like, oh, it was like a biker thing. Not really, just sort of big. Yeah, and it came in a million different sizes. Um, but I do remember the first time I saw it, I think was on the simple, I can't remember if it was on the simple life or it was that era of paparazzi where, you know, Nicole Richie was like, and Paris Hilton were photographed all the time. But I saw that bag and I was like, what is that? I need that. I have to have it. Obviously I'm in like high school. I certainly can't afford it. So I guess I found someone, some in the corner. Uh, maybe it was on eBay. I'm, I need to like think back now, um, but it's still an iconic bag, but Today, there is so much Balenciaga floating around and it's so, so popular. So I want to delve into buying and selling it secondhand and what to know. So I personally love the ready to wear, aka the clothing and the shoes uh, that Balenciaga makes more than the bags. I've I've luckily phased out of fancy handbag time, which hopefully I won't loop back into again. Um, but I, I don't buy expensive handbags anymore. But one iconic thing that in the past couple of years, obviously, that Balenciaga has made, Sarah, the sock shoes. Oh, you know what I'm talking? Yep, I I do. Yes, the sock shoes. <laughs> it's almost like my quest for slippers like uh but they're shoes and yeah they hug the ankle and it's a look uh particularly when worn with shorts when we all first saw them these <laughs> sock shoes so basically it's like a it is a sock shoe i mean it's I don't know if you ever what were those shoes you'd have to wear when you like went to the ocean when you were little like the swimmy shoes or whatever I don't know like jellies no not no not jellies like um water aqua socks aqua socks so it's basically the same design so basically it's like it's not scuba material but the aqua socks were but these Balenciaga sock shoes were basically look like you were wearing just a sock and then the bottom was like a sneaker shoe and at first everyone was like these are the fucking ugliest things I've ever seen in my life all the hype beasts immediately you know copped them and then they started to be faked everywhere I had a pair and then I sold them because I knew they were really trendy and I would get a bunch of money for them if I sold them at their peak they're very comfortable they look completely ridiculous but then they looked really cool for a minute there and I think I think it is Cardi B who says, you know, I like the shoes, the ones that look like socks. <laughs> Sounds like something she would say. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very famous lyric of Cardi B. And it spawned a million copies. So like, you know, they're able to make this ugly sock shoe into a thing. So if you are into sock shoes, which I still stand the Balenciaga sock shoe, um, Alana Glazer actually wore them with shorts with denim cut-off shorts in her comedy special, which was like an intense power move. But you can find them for less than they were. I will say they are constantly, constantly, constantly faked. And they're also really easy to fake. Like, basically, it's a sock 
thing with a sh- with a sneaker bottom that just says <laughs> Balenciaga on the side. So yeah, that's exactly. not hard to copy at all. Um, so you need to be really, really careful if you are going to buy them. Like that's even something I would maybe tell you to look for on the real real or pay. I don't think you should be paying five hundred dollars from at this point, but a receipt, a bag, something that like if you I would do some Googling around on points that show like when you can spot a fake one because I've seen fake ones and they're almost, you know, indistinguishable from the real ones. But now you now a million brands make these sock shoes and like even like Steve Madden, you know, trickle down making these big sock shoes. But then we're getting to like a, a pair of sneakers that I have that are like wearing bricks, which is the triple S sneaker. Sarah, like the, that's what you were the, Googling. Well, yeah. And these, I I like the look of them. And partly because, because I, I'm not tall. Anything that's like comfy sneaker. Okay, maybe it's not like meant for long distance running because it's more fashion than it is, you know, form. But it's got lift. So you've got this platform thing going on. Like in general, I like these kinds of shoes. Okay, so what is the Triple S sneaker? So the Triple S sneaker, if you've seen them around on like streetwear, all the hype beasts or whatever people into sneakers, they're the dumbest shit ever. And I have them in neon green. (laughs) And you could kill someone with them. So they're basically made to look like a sneaker on a sneaker on a sneaker. um, And you look like a clown when you wear them. And you feel like a clown, but you is it feel because, like a cool it's because, clown. Is it because you're up at a funny angle, so you have to claw it around? They're just enormous. So they're very popular. They're still really popular. I still like the way they look on other people. When I wear them, I feel crazy, but I'm still like, I look cute, but crazy. So so they have like three or four soles stacked on top of each other before you get to the actual shoe. So they are just like wearing moon boots like it's the width and they're huge but you know they're cool uh if you're in the market for them the prices have way dropped secondhand you know they used to be way way more they used to sell for over market um which is you know over their retail price now they are less popular but if you're still into them you know grab a secondhand pair if you still have them and you don't want them anymore sell them now because the price is only going to continue to drop on on that i don't think those really have a lot of staying power because they're a hyper trend item so However, again, especially with streetwear stuff, especially with sneaker stuff, these have been faked to death and people make really good fakes. So you got to do your research. You got to make sure that like if you're looking at a real pair um, online, maybe sometimes I do that to decipher whether or not something is fake as I'll look at the real thing online. I'll be like, okay, that's what the sole looks like on the bottom. That's what the tongue looks like. That's what the logo looks like. That's what the laces look like. Do your due diligence there because there's a lot of fake stuff going on. But the prices are pretty good. And if you want to join me in like looking like a clown, by all means, like I will welcome you into into the triple S world. I've been getting a lot of DMs about Balenciaga handbags, though. And so Balenciaga has come out with over the past couple years very streamlined bags that basically just say Balenciaga on them. And I specifically got a DM from a listener, hi, about the Balenciaga camera bag, um, which is a simple, what it sounds like, just a simple purse. And they have these triangle shaped ones. Like Balenciaga has been doing some really, really great simple handbags, but per usual, you really, really, really have to watch out for fakes. Um, I would say Balenciaga right now is one of the most faked brands. I mean, Gucci was for a while, but again, anything that's trendy and desired, anything that's streetwear heavy, people are going to want it. 
Okay, so I'm looking up the camera bag, following along as as you explain everything, Mayor. And they probably don't all say Balenciaga on the side, but these particular ones do. They kind of look like crossbody, pretty small. Is Balenciaga one of those brands where everyone wants to have Balenciaga written across whatever it is that they buy, just so everyone knows? Is it kind of is it trendy in that sort of way? Yeah. So it's funny. Like it is more minimalistic. However, they've just slapped their brand in white writing, white uppercase writing on literally everything, and jacked up the price. And I've fallen for it too. I was like, do I want this Balenciaga? like hoodie sweatshirt that's probably like Gildan, which is if you ever make anything or see like a plain t-shirt in any like homemade whatever it's Gildan, which is just like plain cotton and it says Balenciaga on it now it's $500 it's like what the fuck um but yes Balenciaga is plastered all over everything but it's just one stark stream of of the logo which makes it also easy to fake yeah exactly uh, the simpler the logo and the simpler the bag uh, the easier it is to fake. So it's really going to come down to, I mean, right now we can't be IRL, but, you know, I always say always sniff it, <laughs> you know, if it smells like leather, it's probably leather. If it smells like carcinogens and plastic, it's probably fake. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some pretty good fake leather Balenciaga stuff out there, too. I don't know. The the logo I'm very torn about uh, because, yes, on one hand, so many of these things are status symbols, right? The 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 clown shoes that you mention, I mean, they're like at least $300 anywhere that I can see online, you know, even at discount prices. So this is something that if you're wearing them, it is a little bit of a, hey, I'm the kind of person who can afford this type of a thing. So, you know, there's a lot of unspoken stuff that goes on with, with buying designer clothing and accessories and the brand in general. I just feel like as soon as you put a famous designer's name on anything that's expensive, you're just asking for fakes to get made because for anybody who can't afford the real thing, then they're just going to fool that many other people because they're like, look, I <laughs> also have this very expensive item. I don't know. I don't, I don't really get it. It's almost as if the designers want fakes to be made or maybe they just don't care. Yeah, I don't know if it's that they don't care, but I mean, we could talk endlessly about like signaling wealth and capitalism and what labels really mean and why I think it's an incredibly interesting time for luxury labels when you cannot leave your house and show other people how much money you have or how much money you're pretending to have, um, which is one reason why I think it's a great time to buy luxury goods because uh, the prices are tanking because they're banking on your going out into the world with a Balenciaga camera bag to be like, hey, I can afford this. Um, and you can show it on Instagram, but it's certainly not the same thing. And it's much harder to tell if it isn't if it's real or not, or if you literally you could probably just like, I don't know. I don't know how to use Facetune, but you could probably Facetune a Balenciaga outfit on, like you know, and you could stunt into the living room and not have to buy any of that free app idea. So that's like a whole other conversation in question. What I would say about selling it right now, if you have this hot stuff, sell it because it's going for a lot of money. The handbags are, the shoes are, the sneaker, the clown, like clown shoes are. And if you're looking to buy, it's also a good time to buy because these prices are really low, especially if it's very label heavy. I personally love their like coats. And clothing, and that ends up being a lot more expensive. But some of it's really cool. Some of it's really way too out there. They had these like knife shoes. They're literally called knife shoes. They're a mule, but like a really, really exaggerated like witch front pointy like they looked kind of crazy like all the bloggers had them and whatever and I never ended up getting them because they looked nuts. I tried them on my feet and I just looked like I 
I had Edwards, you know, Edward Scissorfeet or whatever. But again, you the shoes, every all the prices are dropping. So, like, what's the, you know, TLDR too long didn't read on Balenciaga? You need to be incredibly careful about fakes because it's, they're pretty simple designs. And that's what makes them so desired. That's what Cristobal Balenciaga was literally known for in, like, 1917 when he was you know, shilling the stuff to Spanish royals, but that also makes it really easy to fake. So you have to do a ton of due diligence and really think about also the longevity of some of these items if you want to resell them. And if you have them and you're not crazy about them, then sell them now because, you know, a lot remains to be seen, you know, if and when, you know, God willing, Corona calms down and people can go outside again and what their spending habits will look like, I think things will drastically change, potentially. so much more it never gets old we have a whole backlog from april 2019 please subscribe rate review all that stuff really matters for us to know what you think know how you feel about my voice um but also to help us bring you great episodes you can find us online at ingopodcast.com shoot us an email anytime hello at ingopodcast slide into the dms at ingopodcast on twitter and instagram or on my own at meredith Feynman. You know, I got a lot of Balenciaga DMs and it wasn't the first designer I had thought of to do a deep dive on. So I'm glad you guys are telling me what you want. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Yes.